0: take a survey Uh, the majority wins not that you have to abide by that that's up to you Uh, but you will know where your friends and family stand on this okay so here's the situation what is the correct day to start listening to Christmas music all right and I'm going to see how committed and passionate you are uh, because I'm going to make one group stand Um, and so I want to know that you are committed to this all right So the options are the day after Halloween, November 1st, or the day after Thanksgiving, okay? So those who are going to stand, if this is your decision, are the ones for uh, November 1st. If you want to wait till after Thanksgiving, stay seated. Ready? Go. Stand if you want to start listening in on November 1st. That's what I thought. You got... So first service, people, it was more 50-50. This was a legitimate, like, nope. We're waiting until <laughs> after Thanksgiving. Um, I wish I ha- I should have grabbed the, the meme that I saw to ha- give to these guys. Have you seen the big inflatable Santas? Or s- the Christmas trees for your front lawn. You know, there's nativity sets. Well, there's one with Santa, like, pinned down by the turkey. And it was like... <laughs> I get one more day, Mr. Big Guy, you know, something like that. So I, that's good to know. We, we all know kind of where we stand, and those committed can be committed all you want. I mean, you hear it in the stores. Um, Target used to have skeletons and Santas up at the same time, so it's a mess. Um, all that to say is a nice spiritual lead-in to our new series for December. We're going to take a break from the Book of John. Uh, we are going to spend all of December with sermons and messages and our worship time. I hope you've already enjoyed this time together. Uh, But I'm going to base uh, a sermon series through December, including Christmas Eve, on Christmas carols. Uh, So we're going to be all in this month uh, with Christmas music. And the first one for today is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Uh, Thank you, choir. That was a beautiful arrangement of that song. It's actually... Uh, number 245 in your hymnal, if you want to take a peek. But here is a carol that reeks of theology. Um, shows the coming, the Advent season that we're in of Christ, uh, Emmanuel. O come, O come. And the origins of the Latin version. If you look down at the bottom of the the bullet, or the bullets in the hymnal, it'll give you the lyrics and it'll give you the tune. And the tune says it is from Winnie Emmanuel. Uh, if you know your Latin, it looks like Vinny. Uh, but the, the background to that, the original uh, documentation for that, that tune uh, is obscure, but it could have been composed as early as the 8th century. Uh, the melody appears to have er- originated in France in the 15th century, and then the hymn was translated into English by Reverend John Mason Neal, In the mid-19th century, about 1851, uh, is when this hymn kind of came to be. And so since then, I'm sure this song song has been sung uh, just thousands of Decembers, Christmas Eves. Uh, And so knowing that this hymn, as you take a look at it, and it has kind of a solemn tone, uh, the choir, if you paid attention, because it, it is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, Uh, And we're going to take a look in scripture of where the setup of this was for Israel, uh, that Christ hasn't come yet. Uh, So turn with me to Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. And we're going to take a look at today and spend the whole time on Emmanuel. And then look at the first part of that song of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And then the chorus comes in with Rejoice, Emmanuel. Christ is with us. So Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25, and this is a familiar passage during our Christmas season. says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So we have here the setup of Mary and Joseph, and then look at verse 22. It says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And Matthew then is about to share... Uh, this quote from the Old Testament from Isaiah uh, it's a, in Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, and here's the the situation is that was written about seven hundred forty years before this event, before the time that Jesus was to be born. Isaiah uh, writes this down in the exact wording from Isaiah 7:14 says, "Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign." The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And I, we, I get continued to be blown away by God that all of this has been set up from the beginning. Uh, in Genesis, we see through Revelation, uh, this setup that God has had uh, throughout time for Christ to come. Uh, and so 700, over 700 years prior, this promise was given this prophecy that Christ was going to come, Emmanuel, God with us. And that was a plan from the beginning, wasn't it? Uh, the plan from the beginning was for, for God to have fellowship, uh, to have, uh, be worshipped by man from the Garden of Eden. Uh, if you read, there's Adam and God walking through the garden. There's, there's time together, communion, fellowship together. But then the fall happens. Sin enters in. And then man is exiled from the presence of God. And all throughout Scripture is this process, this plan that God has for us to be reconciled back into a right relationship with Himself. Uh, and we see that all throughout Scripture. And it begins with God choosing Israel as the people through whom He's going to reestablish this presence, uh, this, this fellowship back with man, with the construction of the tabernacle in the wilderness, and then later the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, God dwells in the midst of his holy people in this temple, and only the high priest is allowed in the God's presence once a year. So there's very limited access to God. Um, At the time of exile, Ezekiel sees that God's presence departs from the temple, uh, and as a result of the people's sin, but he and other prophets are looking forward to Advent, the, the hope and yearning for God to come back, uh, for God to restore his presence and restore this relationship with his people in a way that is beyond the temple, a way that is beyond just the walls of this temple. Um, and that is from that, that Isaiah's prophecy that it will be a child called Emmanuel. Uh, and that prophecy gives us a picture, uh, and, and especially the Israelites at that time, the picture of what God is going to do. And like I shared, the, the song that we just, that the choir just sang, uh, the music is very matched to the lyrics of O Come, O Come. There's this yearning, this longing, this aching for the Messiah, uh, that the, for the presence of God to be there. And a hope, a hope that Christ is coming. I hope that God is going to restore uh, the relationship that it has been broken. Uh, and so then Matthew in chapter 1 is, is the fulfillment of that prophecy that he says Jesus is coming. We, he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And so here's this picture. The virgin will be with child, will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Now, if there is a movie, and we're watching this on the screen. This is where the music kind of starts to build. You know, there's this big moment that he's called Emmanuel God with us. Dun, dun, dun. Like the epic part of the movie. Which is true. This is the most epic situation in all of history that God is with us. That the Christ child is born, that we have Jesus, we have access to God directly as Christ comes incarnate, fully God and fully man. Because it what Matthew says in that time Of when Jesus is to be born is the most earth-shattering news possible. It is news that they're going to completely change the trajectory of history, uh, completely affect and change our lives even today because of Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel, born God with us. And in him, all the Old Testament prophecies, all the types are are brought uh, to fulfillment, and Jesus, the Son of God, incarnate is with us and we today get to be on this side of history and know that all this happened Uh, see all this study all this and realize this awe-inspiring moment in history uh, the birth of Emmanuel and in Jesus uh, he establishes God God has established his presence to his people again that he is always with us to the end of the age and then we have rejoice. Rejoicing uh, rejoice emmanuel god with us is here and i want us to take a look at these three words god with us um, what was it that made the shepherds run back into the field rejoicing what was it that caused the wise men to fall on their face and to worship and bow down it was the fact that god the creator the sustainer of the universe loved us so much that he became a baby that he gave us access to him, a a child, a man, fully God and fully man who came to live among us, to be with us. And that's the whole reason for Christmas. There is no other reason but Christmas celebrating Christ, God with us, Emmanuel, who has come to give us access to the Father uh, by his presence with us. So I want to look at God and then with and then us. Uh, As we continue through this sermon and here's jesus as god and we have been in john this whole time So going back to john chapter one Verse one, it says in the beginning was the word the word was with god. The word was god He was in the beginning with god All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made In him was life and the life was the light of men. So we we talked about christ coming Uh, that he is the word he comes into this dark world as light as life and then verse 14 says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory is of the only son from the father full of grace and truth so rejoice god is with us we saw his signs that showed that he was god we've talked about that these last few weeks we see in scripture that he is god Uh, we saw the evidence of of jesus is god and then we know that that he was claiming to be god Uh, even in matthew he he really offends the jewish leaders and causes a situation that they were like hold up a second because he forgives the sins of some people and if i've offended you then i need to ask forgiveness from you right Um, but if if my friend over here he's not going to ask forgiveness of you for what i've done so here's jesus saying i forgive you because your sin your rebellion has offended me Uh, so he is this is blatantly jesus is god Um, and as god he's not just some great prophet he's not some great teacher he's not just a great guy to hang out with he is God. Uh, Let me read to you from C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity, um, because here's a quote of of C.S. Lewis saying, Jesus is not just a great teacher, he is God, and because of this situation, because of this setup, let me read to you what other options we would have, and it says this from C.S. Lewis, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish things that people often say about him, I am ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing that we must not say. A man who is merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic, and I love this about C.S. Lewis, a lunatic on the level with a man who says that he's a poached egg, okay? quite crazy or else he would be the devil himself Uh, you must make your choice either this man was and is the son of god or else a madman or something worse you can shut him up for a fool you can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him lord and god but let this not come from any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher so we know christ is god We know that he is the son of God. He is God. And so here's this amazing picture of God himself, Christ coming to be with us. That Jesus as God with us and the statement changes our life forever. Uh, Changes our world forever. And then we have the word with. Uh, I didn't bring my big Funkin' Wagnalls uh, dictionary to, to define with. We all kind of get the gist of it. Uh, with is expressing relations of intimate connection as in space time quality or condition it's being in the company of or companionship with that alone blows my mind that we have a god who wants to be with us Um, not distant not separated but with us in close companionship the great god of the universe entered our humanity as a baby born to Mary and Joseph in a little town called Bethlehem. Uh, this is the Christmas story. Uh, before that, when God entered humanity and had interaction with, what was he, a burning bush? He was a whirlwind. There were some, some images that were a little scary, a little terrifying. In um, Moses, with the burning bush, it was so, he was so in awe of God that he had to turn his face because he was afraid to look at God. And we see this. The holiness of God, the pure uh, being of who God is, is so holy and so perfect that sin cannot have anything to do with it. And any, anyone who has sin, anyone who is not uh, pure and holy as God will die in the presence of God. Uh, we see this in Exodus 33, verses 18 to 23. Uh, and Moses is desperately wanting to 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 see God, uh, to see his glory. And let me read to you Exodus 33, 18 to 23. It says, Moses said, please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. That is the, the scope, the depth, the perfectness of God's holiness, that we, we don't have access to him uh, because of our sin, because of the separation that we have in that situation, that the sin that we have has separated us. Uh, In the temple, when the high priest got to go into the Holy of Holies once a year, do you know what they had to do? They had to tie a rope around his ankle, because if he was not uh, pure enough to be able to go in, he would die, and they had to pull his body out. Uh, This is the situation that we are in, the separation uh, that we are in because of our sin. Uh, God's glory and holiness is too much to handle, and sin has caused a separation, a gap. Uh, and we look at other religions, and they try, to, they try to, to, to span that gap. They try to cross the gap that is separated uh, through works, uh, through special things that you have to abstain from, whatever. Other religions attempt. Uh, people attempt thinking, well, if I'm more good than I am bad, then that should be good enough for me to get from where I am to God. And then people think I'm just going to be a, a good person. Uh, that's good enough, but it's not. Because there is only one way to bridge that gap. There's only one person to bridge that gap, and that's Jesus. John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him. Will not perish but have eternal life. It is Christ who crossed that or uh, covered that gap for us. And if you look at it, it's the cross, right? The cross fell right into place to give us access from where we are directly to God, full access because of Christ, because of his sacrifice. Uh, it is Jesus with that changed our ability to know God. God knew that we couldn't come to him, so he came to us as a baby, um, as Christ, as Emmanuel, God with us, giving us full access, so God with us, uh, and look at where we are. Think about it for, the, for a minute, that God Almighty walking and hanging out with people like you and me, pretty crazy, right? I mean, think about that, that's, it's insane, that's crazy, but that's the God, the love that he has for us. That he wants us back in a right relationship with him. And if you, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have that right relationship with him. But here's the thing, it's not perfect yet, is it? We still deal with sin. We still deal with this, this fallen world that we live in. But here's a God that's not distant, waiting for us to finish our time on earth for us to get to him. He's all in with us, full access. He came to us to be in fellowship with us, to love us, to show us his ways, for us to live for his glory. Uh, We have an amazing life in him now. Uh, We were given eternal life when we come to him as our Lord and Savior, uh, but not just for when we die, it is for now, uh, that we have life in him now. And we look at... This this progress of of going through the old testament christ has come And then we have access to him We have this life to live in faith And the promise that he will be with us always the end of the great commission Is and behold I am with you always to the end of the age no matter what we're going through Jesus is going to be with us Because life still isn't easy. Is it we still deal with death and disease and situations and disasters in our life. Uh, but we, for many, this Christmas season is not easy. It is difficult. There are going to be empty chairs in your home that should be filled with loved ones who have passed, um, and maybe even the years prior. This is not an easy time in the life of many people of Christmas. Uh, there is still a broken world that we live in, still sin that we've got to deal with. And we still battle with our sin. We still battle this battle going on between the flesh and the Holy Spirit in our life. But one day, all of that will be gone. One day, all of it will be gone because God with us. Turn with me to Revelation 21, or I'll read it to you. Revelation 21, the first four verses says this. then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more and I saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying are you ready for this behold the dwelling place of God is with man God with us do you see the scope from the beginning to the end of this desire for God with us. And he gave us access to the Son, And I heard, or he will dwell with them and they will be his people. We, We are his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Oh come, O come, Emmanuel. Amen. Yes, the Israelites saying that, they had hope in that. We got Jesus. We have access to him. But yet there's still his coming again uh, for all of this, this world to be done, for all of us to live in the glory, the presence of Almighty God because of Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. So what a beautiful reminder that as we go into this season, this song, any time that we come across Emmanuel, any time that we open any page of this book to understand the the depth and the, the fullness of this relationship that we have with God, because he desires for us to be with him, and he gave us access to through a little baby, through his son, Jesus, uh, who eventually grew up and uh, performed his ministry and his works to continue to show us who he is, and then died on the cross for our sins, a payment that had to be made and only made through him, through his shed blood, and then he rose again to conquer sin and death. Rejoice, Emmanuel. Um, We are going to go into a time of invitation and then we're going to have our Lord's Supper after, and what a great time uh, to just be in awe and thankfulness of who Christ is, of God with us, Emmanuel, as we have this time of invitation. Uh, and then uh, as we go into Lord's Supper, the representation of the ultimate sacrifice of that love that he has for us as we remember him and all that he did on the cross. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you Thank you for uh, the continued presence and evidence of who you are. Father, we can't fully comprehend. We never will fully comprehend. But when you reveal yourself to us, when we get to see this baby, uh, an easy access to you, Father, that you continue to pierce uh, the hearts of those who don't understand, pierce the hearts of those who are rejecting this message of Christ, uh, that they come to a saving knowledge of who he is. Father, for those of us who have accepted Christ as our Savior, help us to continue to be aware of your presence in our life. Help us to continue to be aware of the the great privilege and honor we have to glorify you in all that we do. Father, I thank you for this time this morning uh, that you continue to speak to us and through us. And always. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And
1: I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you. Oh. I will build my life upon your love. It is a foundation. No one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and need.
0: be seated. as we, pre- we prepare for Lord's Supper if you have not received a cup to partake and actually I could use one. Reading in 1 Corinthians from the Apostle Paul, he writes, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So family, if you'll prepare the, have the bread ready as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we are in awe when we think of of who you are and who we are. And even though we just had a day of celebration for Thanksgiving, uh, let us continually give thanks to you. We thank you for your death on the cross, your broken body. We pray that we would be as desperate to seek a relationship with you as you are with us. In Jesus'
1: name, amen.
0: And Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Family, take the juice. Well, I'll take a moment to pray.
1: Lord, we come to you, examine ourselves, and ask for forgiveness for our sins. That you may send your Son to take the ultimate sacrifice for us at Calvary. Dear Lord, let us remember that always. Asking for many blessings that you bestow upon us, Lord in God, we trust. Ask all in your Son Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Jesus said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As we close in song, please remember benevolence and give online uh, as we help those in need and within our church family. Or there's a giving box uh, in the lobby as you exit.